Hello, and welcome to the third episode of No One's Guilty Pleasure podcast. I have the distinct honor of having my regular co-host on Pop of Color Pod with me, India. Say hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> You're the most enthusiastic guest so far. <laughs> Everyone I else also is so had scared. a bottle of rosé, so. Oh, here we go. Alrighty then. Sunday fun day. Let's effing go. Uh I think this will be a smooth ride because Indy and I host together a weekly podcast about Bravo. If you're interested, check it out at Pop of Color Pod. Definitely. So uh, you're like a little less deer in the headlights than my other friends who I've entangled into coming, roped into coming on here so far. And I'll probably be more relaxed too. So this (laughs) week we're covering a movie called, we're still in a rom-com series. We're covering 500 Days of Summer from 2009 and the simplest rundown of this movie it stars joseph gordon lovett and zoe deschanel which now are kind of household names they it's just kind of a rundown of their relationship and it comes from primarily his perspective the relationship and just kind of like it's like a diary almost wouldn't you say I would say that and it's like opposite roles because I feel like in most rom-coms, the woman is normally who the man is and the man is normally who the woman is. And so I like that it was a different perspective of like, okay, well, women are also in a space where maybe they're not ready to be in relationships or Mm -hmm. they meet someone that they just want to have fun with and not be serious with because they don't see them as one. So. Yeah, you're definitely right. It's like the story is told from his perspective, which we rarely see in like heterosexual rom-com. It's always usually like the woman's story and then she meets the guy along the way. Good points. Good points already, India. Um, my favorite thing about this movie is the runtime. I'm very particular about runtimes. It's 95 minutes. We got three acts and three yeah. minute sections. I think that's literally how storytelling should be. I didn't feel like anything was missing from the story with that. So that was perfect. And some of the highlights I also included is just like the difference between men and women's perspectives in a relationship, Mm -hmm. regardless of what role they play. Um, They like really focused in on um, what he was seeing and what he would say about the relationship versus like what her view was as well. So like, you know, the classic, like the first part of the movie is uh, covering like him trying to win her over before they start seeing each other. And just like how he sees everything. I was like, this is the moment she's going to fall for me and all that stuff. And she's like, here we are like making copies of office supplies together. Like it was just, and that's very classic too, where like you think you're like in your own little rom-com and somebody else is just like going about their Tuesday. So that was very funny. And then also like, she was just super upfront with him from the jump. And she literally was kind of like, from the jump, I think like when they do the karaoke scene, it's like they're at mm-hmm. a, so also they work together is how they meet. It's set in Los Angeles and she, they do like a happy hour karaoke for work. And she's like literally sitting there. And like when, you know, she's saying kind of the premise of like, I don't believe in soulmates, you know, like, I think it's just fun to have fun with people. I don't think you need to end up with someone. And he like is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum from the jump she's like it's okay to disagree and from the jump he's like no you need to see my perspective and Mm -hmm. that really informs the trajectory I feel like of the movie is that the scene where he says it's not it's love not Santa Claus it might be because I feel like that she was just talking about her version of love and I think it was yeah um 
very manlike or what we what society yeah, like views what, as like a man's gender opinion. norms were switched like you said like mm-hmm. what we expect of a man and a woman they had the opposite situation right and i definitely like as much as i was angry at this man throughout this whole film because i was just like this is toxic 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 man shit for most mm-hmm. of the film i did um understand his like frustration with her in that she was getting all of the benefits of a relationship without like any emotional commitment or vulnerability and then at the same time it's like but she told him that that's all she right. so like she was up front but yes she was kind of like having her cake and eating it too like we said like you would normally expect a man to do is like be the one to you know want all of the benefits of like sleeping with someone or having company to go to the movies or someone to call when you're sick without actually having that emotional tie all the way like giving controlling the narrative Mm -hmm. yeah i think like one of the lines that resonated with me was um so they go through their relationship spoiler alert they break up it's called 500 days of summer because that's how long basically from the day they meet to i think the day they break up so the day that he the meets resolution. Autumn. I guess the resolution and then the day he meets Autumn. Oh yeah, the day he meets Autumn. <laughs> because Summer is Zoe Deschanel's character's name. So Zoe plays Summer, JGL plays Tom. I'll try to say their characters' names, but I always get And then what's her face plays Autumn? Um Minka Kelly. Minka Kelly, yeah. She's so cute. But uh I the end, they like run into each other in a park that he introduced her to. And she's married after saying, like, like we just said, she went through the whole gamut of, like, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. And I really like the line where he was like, you never wanted to be anyone's girlfriend. And now you're someone's wife. I was like, damn, that was a good read. Because <laughs> it's for her. Like, what was you, what was your take on, like, I could not decide. Like, I kind of was on both of their sides at the end, which is like. I can see her side of just like, then I met somebody and that person is what changed it versus like him thinking, maybe you always felt that way, but you just said you didn't until there was somebody that you found worthy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Was it really a coincidence slash fate slash true love? Or was it, she was just biding her time and not dipping into anyone until she felt like it. Um, well, based off of her past and just like her family conflict, her crying during the graduate, which I get the graduate is. Whew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't revisit the graduate much today. Yeah. Which I love the graduate, but so toxic. Um, yeah. Classic I feel like she wasn't ready or she, I don't think that she, I think it was very circumstantial that she was able to be married. I don't think that it was a situation where she was just, kind of leading him on in the way that she like the, the way that he felt that she was I felt that she was like I really don't want this like and he wasn't the person for her and then she met someone who was like whoa like this changes game changer like, this this is a game changer I actually want to be married to this yeah. person like I actually see myself you know doing these things and so Absolutely. I think that that really is like just looking at her history I think and considering that is what makes me think that it was circumstantial the way that she chose to marry someone else and not him. And I just don't think that he was the right person for her. So do you think it was the person or do you think it was the timing? I think it was both. 
Cause that's like, like I, what I think that's what people think about a lot. Right. For like who they're in. Cause I think, is. cause I don't think it, like, people say sometimes it's about timing, but I also think it's about the person because yeah. just because timing is right. Doesn't mean that that's the person for you either. You know? Well, agreed. I'm not saying that that would indicate the person for you, but is that how you decide who like that? This is the person you're going to be with. Like, is it really about them or is it, more that like, okay, I'm at a place in my life where like, I can fend for myself financially or my mental health is in a good place. And, and, or, and it just feels like, okay, this is what I'm missing. And then you kind of just like, I always call it a placeholder is like, there's some people who it's just about the timing in their life. And they don't really, I don't want to say they don't really care, but they don't believe in that ultimate person, the way Tom's character seems to believe that everybody has a person. I think that everything happens for a reason. And so I think it's a combination of the two because I feel like if I feel like timing and the person has like are in tandem in the sense that sometimes the person can affect the fact that it's the right time Understood. or like that you could be with someone who is not the right person and that lead to the timing of you being with the right person. Okay. Meaning that I think that, yeah, everything happens for a reason. Like you might be in a good place and like you just end up being the wrong person for a little while. Right. I, I think they work in tandem. you know how to let go, you will. Right. Because sometimes people the right meet one. the right person and it's like, whoa, like I can't give this person up because like I love this person versus <laughs> like it being maybe the right time and the wrong person. I can see that because it's kind of like, you know, when people say, if you're interested in two people, leave the first person because mm-hmm. otherwise you wouldn't have been interested in, in the second, the second person. person. It's very that. Yeah. Yeah. Any other highlights for you from this film? Um, no, I mean, that's the major one for me is that like the role reversal, because I think it's important to show that women have agency over themselves and that women are just as indecisive as men sometimes when it comes to relationships and that men are can be just as emotional and just as emotionally attached sometimes or even more so than women can be in and just as irrational and just as irrational and dynamic projected so much stuff onto her like yeah that was just not her problem beyond just like you know like the part where he started liking her and he would just be like you know, she would say in a one word answer and he like attached an entire story to what that answer meant was just wild to me. Yeah, that. And then it also just makes you think about oops, it just makes you think about like the fact that people can say what it is that they want from someone and mm-hmm. that other person continue. And I think that's the issue a lot with women, too. It's like this person can say, this is what I want from you. And that woman think I can change them. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm, they're my like project. any partner, like any partner, basically can say, "Here's my expectations" or "Here's my desires" out of this relationship. And the other person, if they're not like actively listening or really trying to respond to their partner, they're like, "They're gonna want what I want eventually." Yeah, and it's a and hard it's game to beyond. play with yourself because it's like okay, well, maybe this could happen, maybe, but it's like, you've got to continue to live your life. And I feel Mm -hmm. like if Tom would have continued to live his life, date other people, whatever, it may have ended up differently because I feel like he was just way too available to her. 
in yeah. a way that well, was consuming he was, her and overwhelming he, her. He was available to her, but he also, I felt like wanted to possess her too. Yeah. And I think he thought that was romance. You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes people conflate like possessiveness and codependence with romance. And Mm -hmm. that's not what that is. Yep. Like it, like I always joke, you know, I I say like, I want to ride or die. Like I want someone who just like gets it and like knows that this is it. And like, we're all in, Mm -hmm. but also like, that doesn't mean that we're all in 24 hours of the day together, have only the same friends, the same hobbies, like, everything the same same thing same 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 and just like isolate ourselves you know us against the world either like I want Ruby's life and then our life together like to merge Mm -hmm. by choice and so he was one of those where it's like I want the all-consuming romance and all these things and yeah it was just like she was a frustrating person because there like we said even though she was up front she played with it a lot too but he was equally frustrating so it was like very interesting he would back away he would back away and then she shows up at his door like exactly like it's very breadcrumbing like what we call breadcrumbing now where it's like the minute you pull away the person just like here's one more like i'm just gonna you know hold the carrot in front of you for a little longer you're gone hold on and i think that also comes from healthy unhealthy like attachment styles like love attachment styles absolutely i also want a sequel to this film called like 500 days of tom's bullshit and it's just all from her perspective because <laughs> yeah. i want it to just be like her being harassed by him the whole time and being like this is what love is right and like her perspective of laughing. like i want love but i just can't find the person that can give me the love that i want you know and then yeah. her meeting her guy and being like oh my gosh like but i don't want to hurt tom i want us to still be friends you know like yeah. everyone I would, there's two I would sides really like to, see to that. everything yeah i'd really like to see that because i feel like it would be also a perspective we haven't seen before. Yeah. But like overall, it was like a pretty, like at first, I think the day I watched it in preparation for this, it frustrated me to no end. But now that we're talking it out, the concept of the film is very good. Oh yeah. Because I was kind of like, I don't really revisit this movie a lot. I remember um, when it came out, it was like summer 09. So like you had just graduated high school and I had just finished freshman year of college. And so I feel like I probably did just see it with some friends in the theater. And like, I don't like, but it wasn't a resonating enough memory of like, did we talk about this and be like, do you agree with this? Well, like we just liked, you know, like just support and love it basically. So that's why we went to watch it. And I don't know, like it, it was like, it stuck with me more aesthetically, which we'll get into later than it did per the concept like, it wasn't something, like I said, I rewatched a lot. I don't know about you when you first saw it. I did. I've rewatched this movie a million times. I own this movie. <laughs> I um, own it too. But I don't really it was just one of those films to me. It was a breakup film to me. So it's one of those films that I include in oh, my true. breakup like, list to watch. What else do you include in your list? I want to hear this. Um, Closer love- with... Ooh, I love Closer. I love that movie so, so much. Oh, it's one of my favorites um such good actors too like that foursome is pure gold mm-hmm. what else do I include in my big breakup films I don't really know I mean those are the the like, main two a couple of the main two that I I mean five, this movie is a pretty good one like if you need it but then sometimes watching it as an adult as a mature healed yes. healing looking at you know like going through therapy a like like they were definitely probably like 24 25 in this yeah yeah 
it's like rewatching Sex in the City, where you see oh. like where these characters went wrong, and you're like, maybe I don't relate to this as much anymore. And so I think even rewatching this movie, um, rewatching this movie, like recently, you know, before recording this, it was like, do I? I don't think I relate to this anymore because I think I feel differently on both ends. In the sense of, like, if I'm on the end of someone telling me, like, look, I don't want a relationship, then I'm not going to treat them in a way Mm -hmm. that is in a relationship in the sense of I'm going to have agency over myself, um, self-preservation, and date other people for the sense of just knowing that I'm not, I'm still single and I can date other people. You know? Like, so I think that that... It doesn't, the movie doesn't resonate as much now as a healthy, healling adult as it does as a toxic person that. We didn't have to be toxic. Or not toxic, but like, <laughs> not toxic in like a, yeah, like a, just a, like like a future. Not, not evolved yet. Not a future type of toxic. Like, that's a whole other type of person. But like, in, a, in the sense of like unhealthy relationship habits, unhealthy yeah. um, romantic habits. Yeah, I think it's like that frontal cortex developing is a huge frontal lobe mm-hmm. developing is a huge part because we don't finish that till we're 25. So like when I break, come back to like being 18, watching this movie and who I was like at that time in college too, I feel like I'm someone who gives love away very freely mm-hmm. without expecting anything in return, like all forms of love. And I don't expect anything in return, but I think I would one dive in more um deeply when I was younger and also give people chances for a little bit longer to do better like I'm Mm -hmm. very self-aware and I'm like okay if you're not putting like your 50 of whatever degree of relationship we have into it um I'm not you know like I'm okay with letting go but it took me a lot longer to do that and I gave a lot more love freely Mm -hmm. and openly when I was that age than I do now like I guess it's kind of like you're saying the self-preservation because like my family is very affectionate and loving. Like we're people who celebrate every single thing under the sun. Like every day is a celebration basically. And like also being in a military family, like whoever you're with and you're stationed with that becomes your family. So I'm very open about like connecting with people who aren't necessarily my family by blood, but it definitely makes you wary as you grow older. Yeah, for sure. That and the growth, we both experienced it. Growth, growth. Okay. Would you date either of these leads or any of the supporting cast? No. No. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> I would say I feel like I've met a lot of variations of Tom, though. Because he definitely falls under what we call the nice guy, who's not actually nice, where it's like, I'm nice because like I'm sensitive and listening to you and blah, blah. And then the minute he doesn't get something he wants, he like has a yeah. lunatic attack. And I feel like I've been both Tom and Summer in dynamics I think I've been Tom in the dreamy projecting aspect I am a Libra so like everything is rom-com in my head but then the practical side of me comes out where like one of my friends called me pragmatic last week and I was like me would have never assigned (laughs) that to me but thank you um but like I am very practical about a lot of things too so I think like I think I'm not as much as I would hope for something to change, I would never push something if somebody was very, as clear with me as she was. Yeah. Um, Cause it's like, you don't like me. One doofus second, moving right along to the next right. one. Like very much so. I don't know that I've been in a summer situation though, because I'm fairly like 
again, fairly like in or out. So um, if I'm just like not really interested in you in like a more of a relationship way, I just don't want to like waste your time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like messing with people because I wouldn't want to be messed with. And I don't like attention from people that I'm not interested in, if that makes sense. Yeah. I like mean, when someone either, flirts with you and you don't want it. tell someone like, I could easily go on date, like hang out with someone and tell them like, I'm not interested in a relationship. In a relationship. And for purposes un- undisclosed, I will continue to hang out with them. Nothing sexual, but just continue to hang out with them. And then they're like, well, I want a relationship with you. And it's like, all right. And then I back away because it's like, okay. Yeah. I've already told you I'm not looking for that. And then you're going to continue to talk about it. Okay, no, let's just be friends. Like, and then I pull those summer as far as like, let's just be friends. Yeah. No, I can't. I'm very one or the other. You're either already my friend or then something more, as they would call it. Uh. I, we know that the lead couple is still not together. Um, and since we didn't have that, I was like, I don't think they would ever get back together either. Yeah. Like, um, if she were divorced, you know, like if she were divorced and they ran into each other, you know, on the street five or 10 years later, like, I don't think they'd get back together. Cause they were just like, like, we we're literally just talking about ourselves. They were in that age where they were just using each other kind of for like selfish purposes. Yeah. And, and so they just they weren't really it. compatible. Not at all. And then as much as he tried to make them be. Oh yeah. And again, who like hasn't tried to convince themselves, like, oh my yes, I love that sport. Or like, yeah, I'll watch your weird Bravo show with you. And it's like, no, just like it again, people, it's okay to have different interests. Uh right. Since you like to manifest my future husband on our other podcast, I would like to just put it out there. I enjoy guys who don't like social media because I live to post chaos on there. (laughs) and it's not necessarily who I am so (laughs) I mean it's like a glimpse but I feel like most of who I am I don't share publicly and so um I'd be it's like you're performative it's performative ruby literally it's fake ruby as fuck (laughs) like everybody who knows me is like you're not cheering it's like Beyonce and and Sasha Fierce it's your performative version yes it's like JLo and you have your wig on when you you have your cow wig on (laughs) Um, I was watching, yes, I love my wigs firstly. Um, I was watching a movie last night. Have you seen Disobedience? Mm-mm. Um, so it's this movie um with like all actors you would know, like Rachel Weiss, Rachel McAdams, and they're they're playing Orthodox Orthodox Jewish women. And I apologize for not knowing a lot about that culture, but at one point Rachel McAdams rips off her hair and it's a wig, and I just didn't know that that was something that was part of their culture. So when she rips off her wig, I literally howled in my apartment alone last night from the shock. I was just kind of like, I just don't think about white women wearing wigs a lot. Yeah, me either. (laughs) I was just like, I didn't know we were watching like Housewives right now. Like it took me out because it was just such a serious moment. Kim Zolciak, is that you? I really was just like, yeah, I was literally just thinking of Nene B like, bye wig. (laughs) um I also learned that my mom has been calling me wig for 30 years and I never thought about it because she does it in Spanish she calls me peluca and so she's always like hola peluca and I'm like I literally texted Justin the other day I was like my mom has been calling me wig like Nini calls Kim (laughs) for my whole life I guess we should say that for our other podcasts but I just had to say it because I I lost 
my mind like in shock and confusion and then I was like oh my god I didn't know this is part of their culture because like the other woman was trying on wigs right she was saying like you can't do that it was just a thing sorry no no (laughs) that was that was left turn sorry sorry to our listeners primarily because they're not used to our tangents um unless they listen to pop of color already uh so one of the questions is what was the star power of the leads then versus now and I feel like Joseph was a biggest a bigger star then because he had like 10 things I hate about you and third rock from the sun and I feel like he was in like his movie making era Um, back then yeah and then um she wasn't like super known yet because new girl hadn't come out yet Mm -mm, this was like when she was on elf and yeah like she had done elf she I think she was a side character in like a there's one movie called Failure to Launch with like Sarah Jessica Parker yeah. and Matthew McConaughey. I think she was, a, and she would always have different hair colors too. So you wouldn't recognize her right? because it was before she did her signature, like look with the bangs, bangs and the hair yeah. mm-hmm. and the crafty outfits. And so back then he was a bigger star, but now I feel like she's the household name Yeah, because of the show. And then she dates that man from HGTV or is engaged to him or something. And then, she just like she does more like I don't want to say cheesy but like she's more in like what people are looking at yeah you know what I mean like I feel like Joseph Gordon-Levitt still does a lot of movies consistently but it's not the like you know how the people who are quote celebrities yeah are always like people who just like have lots of promo partnerships or like do this and the other so they're just like in your vision a lot more yeah he's more so I think I feel like he's doing a lot more um like independent films and stuff like that yeah, I like, like I remember he did, after this, he did, like, Inception, yep, and then he Inception had a couple of his great. own movies, like, he did, do you remember Don Juan, did you ever see that? Yeah. That was a really good movie. The movie about like, the guy having cancer. Oh, yeah, 50-50. So, like, he just has been, like, consistently yeah. working. It's just not as, like, boom as she More is More independent now. films, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. But they're both, like, I feel like almost even equal. And then just, like, a couple little other peeps we saw on there um like chloe grace moretz playing mm-hmm. the little sister was so cute um she was the wisest character of the yeah film, for definitely. sure and then um his friend not the ratchet friend but the calm friend matthew gray bubler he's like on uh criminal minds mm-hmm. and i loved that line he his character says too where he was like um she's better like than the girl of my dreams uh what did he say she's real about his like I think it ends up being his wife or at least his girlfriend since middle school or something. And I just love that line because again, too, like in today's world, everyone just like wants everything that's like filtered and silly. And it's just like, not And, and, or just like that, they think that that's real or like, Mm -hmm. you know, again, the status of like being places and being seen. And it's like, don't you just like want somebody who is real is that person. Yeah. Who's honest, who's real who looks like themselves like again we always support people doing what they want to make them happy but not to the point where it's like none of this is real so we didn't get a thesaurus tonight guys so we're just gonna (laughs) be real for real for real for real and then they had as the boss they had the man who's like on the marvel movies as like a little administrative person i can't remember what he plays because i don't know marvel very well Uh, well (laughs) oh for two and then like we said we got minka kelly at the end who was like very the it girl at the time so that was like a cute 
reveal at the end. I feel like that was like very of the time. Like, I think that's she's like cuter than Zoe Station now. Yes, Autumn. Well, she's like very like our style, you know, yeah. like tan and sassy. Like you know, Summer was very hipster, so Autumn was giving more like. I don't want to say girl on the street because that sounds wrong, but you know what I mean? Like Zoe Deschanel was giving, like, girl was next giving door. like 1960s and Autumn was giving 2000s. Yes. Which is girl next door. in right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. And I think she was like peak Friday night lights at the time when yeah. she did that. So that makes sense. And then like Yvette Nicole Brown had like a little moment as like the new secretary who replaced Summer too. So yeah, they had a little bit of star power in the film for sure. For sure. For sure. And then we're going to take a little break here um, and then we'll go through our rom-com rubric. All right. So we are back and we're going to go through our rom-com rubric designed by Ruby. Duh. <laughs> um, and so uh, a lot of people will classify something as a rom-com. Like I always think people put a huge umbrella under that. Um, to me, like a rom-com, first of all, the A plot has to be about the relationship or like getting mm-hmm. to a relationship or reviewing a relationship. Cause like people do chick flicks a lot where they put that in and that's not really to me a rom-com per se and so like charlie's angels is not a rom-com folks legally blonde not a rom-com but anywho would you say from one to five how many laughs would you say like do you i mean i think this is a pretty easy answer um scale of one to five i would say more awkward laughs so i would give it like a two yeah i literally was about to agree i was like it's not that it's not funny at all because there's a movie that i'll be reviewing with friends that we went over and we were like oh so this isn't funny like this just has a lot of cheery looking people in a nice poster but it's not funny at all but this one um the anal girl joke always makes me laugh because yeah. i'm a 12 year old boy i said um, they used to call me anal girl yeah <laughs> I have that written down as the joke. <laughs> I Yeah, my note was, I still only laugh at anal girl. <laughs> and then um, I will say one thing that did give me a mild giggle, but it was just out of relatability was um, when he was trying to stage the quote, organic moments of interaction. So like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but you know, like when they're, oh, when they're like at work and like, he knew that she liked the same band as him. So he, whenever she walked by, he'd like play the band mm-hmm. louder, expecting her to say something like, you know, we've all been there. <laughs> Yep. I know it's just like we're all just little dorks looking for love, aren't we? <laughs> so yeah, I would say it's a move it's very much like how they intro the movie. It's like it's not a love story, it's a story about love. So it you know, it's not really a rom com, but it's a movie that falls under the romance genre. Right. Of some sort. Um, were there any moments that you thought were like unnecessary or weird storylines where you were just like, we didn't need that? Like we said, it's a pretty quick film, so there's not too much. Yeah, I didn't think that there were really any unnecessary moments because I think it all tied into like the perspective of Tom and where he was at to be thinking the way that he thought about Summer and the way that Summer like thought about him. So I think that they were all really necessary. Yeah, I think the only moment that I never remembered from having watched it a while ago that I was like, really was um when it he's like in that I think it's during the breakup or the break or whatever like when he's in the sad pants era and uh he's at the movie theater and he has this little he's watching the movie and then he's in the movie as like a little French mime or something Mm -hmm. that was a lot like that was him 
being like an LA raised movie maker trying to like have some artistic yeah choice I was like all right JGL you lost me (laughs) I had such a crush on him at the time though like I was just like oh come on internet boyfriend he was an internet boyfriend before before the tumblr era I would say um cringe wise it wasn't super cringy I would say like just those circumstances felt really real. So it was like an actual real life cringe versus mm-hmm. like a, oh, this doesn't age well. Cringe. Yeah, that's what I would say. They were real life cringe. Like the scene where she, he went to the housewarming yeah. and found out that she yes. was engaged to someone else. And he expected like his expectations versus reality. And then oh, paired up. That, and that's like, probably the best scene paired in with terms of song by Regina Spector. Oh, we'll get to the all? music. We'll get to the music. Uh, in a second but yeah that scene I think is probably one of the best scenes in the movie because that's our lives like how many times I I think about that just on so many levels like when I'm doing when I'm getting ready for a job interview or like um when I'm gonna go to dinner with someone for the first time or like a party I'm having there's absolutely like if you played what my expectations were if it was and it doesn't mean that the reality was bad it's just so different like if you just project too much expectations onto what you want it to be like yeah so that was totally a thing um I would say like the only thing that I was like uh I roll was like this was the end of kind of the manic pixie dream girl era so like her being the insecure cool girl who like just has to do cool quirky little things to seem really different and interesting to guys I was just like like the fact that that was like the little pedestal that she was put on and like you know, like the Ikea furniture date where they're pretending they're in the kitchen and the faucet doesn't work. I was just kind of like, that's enough from that. And then um, also like the penis game. I remember being that age and like thinking that that was so funny to play. Like again, but we were 18, 19 mm-hmm. versus like they were already in their mid twenties playing the penis game. And now I'm just like, like all of these things are like a replacement for an actual personality and yeah. like an actual point of view. Penis. You're just trying to trigger JJ over there (laughs) by yelling penis. (laughs) Um, Also, I was thinking about how like they were watching porn together at one point and I was, and like, you know, they were just kind of like turning their heads and interested. I was like, you couldn't do that today because I feel like all porn is like extremely violent today and like terrible. So I was just like that you couldn't swing that one today. Yeah. Um, and I feel like he was just obsessed with this version of her he had in his head. Like, like Chloe, um, Moritz said, like, just because you guys like the same thing doesn't mean she's your soulmate. Yes. Or just is- because some cute girl likes the same bizarro crap that you do doesn't make you a soulmate. <laughs> yes. Like there's a lot of good writing in the movie. There's a lot of good lines. That was a really classic one. She just like doled out all the wisdom. And I just yeah. love that. Like, we don't really get explained like why there's this huge age gap between the morning and that. I was just like, that's just his little sister who's like yeah. a decade younger than him. And smarter. Much smarter. But again, women, you know, or as Mary Cosby would say, women. Women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss her. <laughs> We're never going to see her again. Okay. <laughs> again, this is not pop of color pod. <laughs> this is no one's guilty pleasure pod. I don't feel guilty about being pleased by Mary M. Cosby. Okay um fashions let's review these fashions like did you want any of them then do you want them now are there any looks like when you think of this movie you're like oh that look 
when I was in high school or like late high school, mostly college, I was very much into the eclectic look. And so I feel like I more so resonated with that like 60s fashion, like wholesome kind of like wanting to be different hipster look back yeah. then. And that, she, but I feel like that was, was like the beginning too. of the, yeah, she was the beginning of like the Tumblr era look. Yeah. And I feel like that was the era then from like 2009 to, I don't know, 2012 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So back then, yeah, but now I look at it and I'm like, no. Right? <laughs> like, I remember, I feel like she directly impacted my desire to just own like black and white clothing and blue clothing. Like, it was like black, white, and denim was like yeah. all I wanted to own and chambray and all this stuff. And just like keep that monochrome color scheme. Yeah. And then when I looked back on it now, and it's really funny because like when you think about the styles, like you said, that are just literally like 2009 to like maybe 13, 14 at most, like um, these weren't related to movie, but like when people had like, like I had bright colored denim, like mm-hmm. I had electric blue denim and like, we're all wearing like weird striped shirts. Like it was like almost like a mini MySpace resurgence, but then like twisted into, like you said, like a retro hipster situation yeah. it was just it was a very specific moment in time that it really hopefully was. i'm knocking on wood never relive again if we do like that's how that's how we know we're too old is if that comes back yeah um i mean her bangs were her signature for sure um and i do remember like that like probably like oh six to oh nine there was this thing about like the business casual like wearing vests like in a casual setting was such a thing I never want to see another vest in my life like vests and collared shirts but and like with trousers but somehow that was your going out outfit like it was just the club and vest just yeah and then like I didn't mind her ponytails and stuff but um in retrospect like the bangs with the ponytail with the ribbon and the outfits it was giving just like baby girl porn like it was just like a little wrong it was but I funny. had bangs just like that would wear ponytails just like that hats I feel like I remember Dresses. eating hats oh uh, yeah I very much could see the Katy Perry resemblance that they always talk about too yeah in this movie all right the soundtrack let me just say before I let you go that the minute the movie started and I heard the dun, 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 of the Regina Spector song, I was like, holy fucking shit. I used to listen to this album mm-hmm. front to back. All the that time. album was like my like sad girl, like <laughs> no one's got it all. <laughs> and he's room for the people. And what is it? I can't remember that song. Oh like, yeah. Like her little line, spoken like, word elements. I mean, Regina Spector was such a thing in that era. I mean, but every single song, I loved every single song. Like um, the Smith song, uh, the please, please, please let me get what I want. Mm -hmm. Um, The Smiths, yeah. Yeah, I always think of that for Never Been Kissed, but they also played a little bit in here too. And um, I will say like, um, I love when they do You Make My Dreams Come True after he sleeps with her with Hall Mm -hmm. Notes. Cause that was like one of the last good movie musical, like musical scenes in a movie. That's not a musical. If that makes yeah. sense. That was like one of the, the last whole, good music uh, montages. Not line dance, but the, uh, almost like a flash mob. Flash mob. Yeah. Which again was very of the era, but it was just like that scene where the music was part of like the experience, like in your head. Yeah. Um, we, we don't really see that anymore and it was really well done, but yeah, every, every single song, like there's like a, random like Carla Bruni French song and 
Um, even, uh, when he like resets his life and is over, you know, focusing on her and he like draws all the stuff in his bedroom, the, there goes the fear by the dust. I mean, just bands that I don't listen to at all right now, but that music was so good again in that like 06 to like 2011 Mm -hmm. era that like genre, we don't really do that anymore. And I miss that. So I literally, as the movie was playing, I would just keep adding all the songs to my Spotify library. Cause they're all on my iTunes thing that I don't listen to anymore. Mm-hmm. But yes, that was, I think that's probably my favorite thing watching this movie back was revisiting all that music. Definitely. Uh, did you this have any like more of an independent film anyway? And I feel like an independent yes. film, I always get the music that I want. Cause the music is always so good. I agree. Cause usually like in a big budget movie, it's like whatever is popular at the yeah. time. Like, that's what I really like about all the Nora Ephron movies. So it's kind of like Sleepless in Seattle and When Harry Met Sally is that she intentionally chose songs that weren't like hits in that moment. Although this one was more modern, but just lesser known. Yeah. She would choose like Ella Fitzgerald songs or older songs that weren't of the moment so that you didn't feel like it was tied to that year. Right. Like, it wasn't like they had TikTok by Kesha playing. Right. <laughs> which is a great song. I still support it. But, <laughs> but it wasn't for this film. Yeah. Like, there was... Um, Runaway Bride is one of my favorite rom-coms. Yeah. But, at the, but that one was just, like, so much corporate stuff that at the end of the movie, which is a movie that takes place in Maryland with all white people, at the end of the movie, there's, like, an English version of a Mark Anthony, like, Latin ballad in the credits and it's like what was Mark Anthony doing there (laughs) and like they also have like U2 in it and the chicks and like just like all these random unrelated artists yeah ready to run (laughs) you already knew (laughs) I love Runaway Bread I know I that movie single-handedly why I love the song I love you I thought I was gonna be a Runaway Bride I was like I feel like I'm Julia Roberts I'm not no (laughs) (laughs) I wish that I was Julia Roberts in Notting Hill, but that would require me to be a famous movie star first. Yeah, yeah. But I love her in that because she's kind of Notting Hill is good, kind of a dick, but yeah. not in a bad way. Um, what about any of like your favorite pop culture references in the movie? Like, as in things that they were doing or saying or activities that you were like that was so two thousand and nine. Um, do you have anything like to me like? When he and Chloe are playing Wii Tennis, I missed oh, yeah. Tennis. Okay, that, yeah. that killed me. I really missed it. I was also like, this was kind of sad because for me, because I'm a nostalgic person, where like it was the last year before social media was really yeah. intoxicating. So like no one was talking about like, did she tweet this or like right or follow her or, like, on Instagram? It wasn't like he was looking at her or like her story and being like, hmm, let me like figure out like where she's at or what she's doing. Yeah, it was him like projecting or like making stuff up in his head about what situations were and how she yeah. felt. And yeah, there weren't feelings. there weren't too many. I would say like them calling a taxi on the street and them going to the video rental store. Those were like those moments where you're like, Oh, this was one of those last movies before everything changed as we would probably say it. And then Mm -hmm. also when he said something about like, I put it on that mix for you. Like I remember making mix CDs. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I just felt so cringe, but also just like, Oh, I missed that. I guess you can make people a playlist now and be like for you. (laughs) 
just and shoot that, it to them in the yeah, metaverse. That that like thumb thing that yeah. I just did was like me hitting that three dots yeah. and then hitting and share thumbs up. and then yep. texting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then thumbs up <laughs> to them because I'm playing it cool and collected. And then also the chalkboard wall was very of the era. Yeah. And, his, oh, yeah. and I almost wanted one back. I was like, I live in like a hipstery looking apartment. I could, you could get a that. chalkboard. Yeah. But I was like, I don't know where, but the chalkboard would be very where you are for sure. Yeah. Like I don't have any exposed brick, but it's still very industrial for this yeah. downtown kind of layout. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And so then did you have any thoughts about what it would be like today? The movie, like if anything would be different. I think Tom would have, um, I feel like, what did I just say? Tom. I know. It's like, I feel like he would have been seen as like more desperate and like, um, inappropriate. Um, oh yeah. I think, well, I was thinking like maybe. I felt like this movie, like we said, like it was very like man v woman. And so I feel like it would be like a little less heteronormative. Like, I feel like not everybody would be so straight, you know what I mean? Like either their friends or one of them, like maybe she was like pansexual or bisexual. And like, that was a struggle or, you know, it would just be like, cause he had that one friend who just would keep making like nasty jokes. And I was just like, "Mm." There are people who still exist like this, but we don't usually give them a microphone as much. Yeah, anymore. not, not so, as much. Yeah. So um, I think I think it just would be less of that, like we were saying, like man versus right. woman, eye to eye thing. Yeah. And then their workplace was like a huge part of the movie. And now like post, well, we're not fully out of a pandemic, but like post beginning of a pandemic era, like would there even be office culture anymore? Like, would he see her on Zoom? <laughs> And then be like, oh, she accidentally looked right. at me on the screen. And then I feel like now he would be, again, looking her up on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, yes. seeing what her thoughts were, what, her, what she's sharing on her story. And that would continue to romanticize or let him know, like, she's not that into me. Yeah, I feel um, like they would they would meet on Zoom and then they would, like, he would, like, side chat her or something. And that would yeah. be, like, the comedy at one point. It's like, he'd probably think he was just chatting her and he'd it'd be, like, to everybody by accident. And then they would like have their hookup first hookup at like the company retreat or something. Yeah. I also was trying to think of like who I would cast in the lead characters today. I have the woman. In that okay, bit. go ahead. Who do you think? Zendaya. That's just because you like Zendaya. I like Zendaya, but I also I think always want to say Zendaya for my. But recast. I think she has a Tomish boy like appeal about her that sure. makes her seem like a nonchalant chick. That makes her seem like she could be a very well played. Like I'm not really interested in the relationship. I just want to be hooking up and not wanting to do anything. Yeah. Like and I think she would play a good nonchalant chick. And I don't know about the man. I put Maude Apatow for the for summer. Oh, because she like has that like similar hipstery thing. Yeah. And then for I also casted Autumn. <laughs> I said Kaya Gerber would be Autumn. Like just one line. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to talk a lot. Okay. You know what I mean? Hi, she just okay. says hi. So, you know, she yeah. just because of like, hi, I just my felt like, Autumn. like, I just like Minka was like very it girl back then. Yeah. I mean, she had like a repertoire behind her, but she was still just like hired for a cameo. Right. So like, it was just somebody who had to have like a yeah. surprise. 
And then for the lead, appropriately enough, since you said, this is probably why I didn't say Zendaya, because for the man, I put either Tom Holland, Zendaya's they. Yeah. Um, and it was like, we can't cast them together and everything, even though we'd like to. Or there's like an actor, I don't know if you know him, named Logan Lerman. He was in The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yes, yes, that would be a good one. I feel like both of those guys can play like the nice emotional man who maybe is just like blinded by their yeah. colored glasses. I think he's not as fully but, hating. Him. I think he would so play a good um, Tom for yeah. sure. Because what's like what Joseph Gordon-Levitt is really good at is like even when he's playing somebody really unlikable, he has such a likability that like yeah. you're not fully hating him. Although yeah. I was very close this time. I'm telling you, when I rewatched this, I was furious. But I was furious with both of them. I was just like, you're both so annoying. I was just like, this is cringe. <sighs> do you have a favorite? Well, first, do you have any other notes on the film? Anything you want listeners to take away from this film um, or about romance in general? Um, No. I, I mean, in general, I think that like treat people the way that they communicate to you. Mm-hmm. Even if that changes in the future, communicate or like operate at face value operate at face value for sure yeah that's a good advice do you have a favorite decade of rom-com or era of rom-com i do i would say 90s to early 2000s any because i love the fashion and i love just that era in general Mm -hmm. standouts would be like heartbreaker clueless notting hill never heartbreakers with jennifer love hewitt yeah oh i love that movie 10 good Things call, I Hate About call. You, Wedding Planner, Runaway Bride, Coyote, Ugly, Two Can Play That Game, Princess Diaries. Like, it was yes, just a great it was just time. Yes, I love that. Yeah, actually, you've mentioned a lot that will be covered this year. So yeah. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Not surprised, you'll be pleasantly Happy. whatever. Pleasantly pleased. Yes, <laughs> pleasantly pleased. By um, the content on the pod this year. And then I hit everybody that's a guest on the show with a rapid fire, five pleasure points. So didn't prepare you for this because I want mm-hmm. honest and real and raw reactions. Uh, so first of all, what is your favorite form of self-care or what's a go-to for you? Um, I would say sitting with myself in any form that is like that that would be beneficial for me that day, whether that's meditation, literally just sitting in silence, journaling, reflecting, anything that has to do with me sitting with myself. Nice. So like alone time recharge. Thoughts, sitting with my thoughts or lack thereof (laughs) in meditation. I mean, okay, go ahead and read yourself then. (laughs) I mean, in meditation, you don't think. So that's why I said lack. I see what you mean. Yeah. Like just clearing your mind. Yeah. Got it. Any favorite Either your go-to cocktail or comfort food. Ooh, go-to cocktail these days is a spicy margarita. I already knew. Comfort food is always pizza. Ooh, that's a good one. I always expect people to answer mac and cheese for some reason, even though I don't really like mac and cheese. Me either. I'm a pizza girl. But yes, pizza, pizza all day. What is either your dream? This is very Libra because I give everybody two options yeah. on how to answer these questions. <laughs> um, what is either your dream travel locale or a favorite of yours in the past um dream travel locale would be europe a europe excursion 
So just hitting all the high points. Hitting all the high points. Anything that, like, you've seen that you'd want to go to in particular? Um, I mean, I love the idea of London. I don't know how I would actually like being there, but I've always had this kind of thought, like, if I lived anywhere outside the U.S., it would be London. Because they speak English. Because they speak English and because I just... (laughs) I think that it's like a... It's a city... I've like still a, never been like there. Like New and York. I really want to. New York. Like yes. San Francisco. Up, yeah, Miami. Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta version of Europe. Like of like yes. the UK. Nice. And then who was either your first or current celebrity crush? Or you can name both. Ooh. My first or current. Ooh. Well, I love, 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 love. I was like, apparently not that much because your eyes are telling me you can't remember who they are. Um, I can't remember like his real name. Oh, Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy. Oh, someone said that to me recently. Oh, he's just so sexy. I guess I have to watch that one day. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy is great. And then final question, what is binge worthy to you right now? What content has like... And again, could be just like a rewatch thing or just something recently. Um, I'm always watching Gilmore Girls. Want everyone to watch Gilmore Girls is like a comfort show for me. I can rewatch it as many times as I want, and it always hits in the same way because of like the humor, the educated humor, the dry dry humor. It's so smart. it, yeah, I think that that's what makes it more relatable. I would say Sex in the City, but I watch Sex in the City these days and I relate less to it because the characters behave in a way that out of I pocket would not behave now so yeah, it's less wild. relatable it's like 500 days of summer like it's just less relatable these days yeah it was just i tried sex in the city so many times i've seen both of the movies because obviously that's a very yeah. limited time commitment and just kind of walked away from it not feeling anything and then i try i remember trying to watch the show when i was like early 20s and i made it a little further in my late 20s because at that moment it felt more relatable but by like the end of season two, I was like, I can't be a yeah. part of this. I mean, I've rewatched it a million times, but just as I evolve, it becomes like, mm. yeah, it's just not a thing anymore. I would never do but, this. But like, yeah, Karen, Gilmore, you're stupid. Gilmore Girls Forever, but not the reboot. Yeah. Gilmore Girls Forever, but I still look at it and I'm like, Lorelai, Rory, you guys are messy. <laughs> but I hate that. Like every time I watch it, I resonate with Lorelai more. Minus yeah. having the child. I, re- uh, I resonate with Rory more, ooh. <laughs> uh, but not her in, in the year of a life. <laughs> we, we can be cringe together. It's fine. And I would have not turned Logan down for his proposal at the end of Sure wouldn't the have. Year. Sure wouldn't like, have. Why I did you turn him down? Sure as fuck said, yes, I'll be rich and not work a day in my life. Hmm. Yeah. But no. he wanted her for her. Like he was like, yes. even though his family was like, oh, you need a wife that doesn't work, whatever, whatever. And they were so against her. He was like, I like that she's ambitious. I like that she wants to do her own thing. And he proposed to her and was like, I was a playboy and changed his ways completely for her. Like she just, and and, 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 and like the whip and he was like, like whatever a, Paris kind said, of like, realistic way, whipped. like. It's not realistic because it's television, but as close to a realistic way as possible, he changed. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like she was trying to change him. He, no, I think he, he chose changed, to he change for, by his yeah. own merit. Yeah, and his own growth. And the life and death brigade, like, incident definitely was like, okay, wake up call. I need to get my shit together. Yeah, because he saw kind of how it negatively impacted yeah. people without his 
knowledge or realization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think just Lorelai, like just being very on top of it professionally and then everything else being chaos and then just like eating like a truck driver all the time. Yeah. (laughs) All of that is just very, and the caffeine dependency. Yeah. It's all very relatable. Yeah. But that's my show. Thank you, India, for being on. This was great. I'm sure you'll be a guest on the future because we already have our I've got plenty of rom-coms to record. Yeah. Oh, there, there will be content for the ages and we'll find, we'll find the next good fit for you. But this was a great suggestion on your part because probably wouldn't have been the first thing I thought of, but it was a really good movie to revisit relationship. Well, thanks for having me, Ruby. I'm enjoying it. Everybody follow, like, and subscribe. I can only say that with you on here because that's what we say all the time (laughs) on our other one. And like we said, if you like listening to us together because we sound so natural together, it's because we host a weekly podcast called Mm -hmm. At Pop of Color Pod, just as it sounds with my beautiful enunciation I learned in middle school choir. (laughs) Bye. Bye.